This is Shifran Stop. It's um, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. We are honoured to have with us, if not surprised. Right, right. We are we we are confused. Alex <laughs> Krajowski. No, we are we are honoured. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant cue, and we're honored. and we're delighted that Alex is with us because um, she doesn't need to be. Let's face it, she could be hanging out with Tim Berners Lee. Alex has been uh, very busy and has literally just hot footed it across across town from your other gig, uh, <laughs> the one that actually pays you to do work for them <laughs> with the Guardian. So welcome, Alex. Welcome to Chiffron Stop. I'm honoured. Oh. Alex, our listeners may have uh, seen you on television this weekend, just gone. Uh, tell us about your new programme. Yay! It's called The Virtual Revolution, uh-huh. and it is a four-part documentary series about the social history of the, of the web, which is very cool, because it is my mastermind subject. It is the thing that my life has been building up to, which is very strange when I got the phone call. I wasn't expecting that, I'll tell you that. But when it landed, I, I kind of thought, yeah, okay, I've got to do it. So yeah, it's about, um, has the web revolutionized um, our society uh, politically, economically, socially, and psychologically in the past 20 years that it's been around? And, uh, you know, spoiler alert, but has it? <laughs> I'm not saying. you got to watch the show. <laughs> So it's uh, it's BBC Two. BBC Two, eight thirty p.m. Saturday night. For the next, for, for last week and it's the luck. following three weeks. And it's also, I believe, it's got a midweek repeat. So I think that's on eleven p.m. on Monday nights. Oh, cool. Fantastic. Which is cool. That's the post-pub crowd. <laughs> yeah, bring it. <laughs> Just desperate for their little bit of Tim Berners Lee. Yeah. No, it's amazing, actually. The cast of characters that we have is incredible. You interviewed some great people, didn't you? Well, so yeah, Tim Berners-Lee, obviously. Uh, Bill Gates, Al Gore, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Steve Wozniak, uh, Stuart Brand, Ariana Huffington, uh, Martha Lane Fox, uh, Stephen Fry. I forgot about him. How could I forget about Stephen Fry? Um, uh, John Perry Barlow from The Grateful Dead. That was <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's so cool. Um, he was awesome. Um, who else did we interview that day? I mean, it's just like chaka. That it's day. Complete, yeah, no, it's completely wow. insane. Kevin Kelly. Did I mention Stuart Brand? Howard Rheingold. I mean, the, the, it's, uh, Sherry Turkle, Robin Dunbar. Um, we interviewed the like the the effectively the Peter Mandelson, but in South Korea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wait, oh, I interviewed the president of Estonia. How could I forget fantastic. about him? He wears a bow tie. He talks with the New Jersey accent. It's completely insane. <laughs> That's fantastic. Just that, honestly, the cast of characters is... I feel is like we're, as well, now we're interviewing Alex, we're kind of just a little, little bit closer to Stephen Fry and all those people. Yeah, we're, one, we're now one connection. We can interview the president of Estonia if we want to. Yeah, we could say we know we're, we're friends with Alex. We've got something in common. Come, come on our people. podcast. He sent me a Christmas card. Brilliant. Oh, this is so yeah, yeah, we're like that. Though we did address it to Mister Alex, which <laughs> 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 rather Don't. than Doctor. Yeah, well, or Ms. Thank you very much. <laughs> Well, the nice thing about Doctor is it's non-gender specific. If everyone was Doctor, then we wouldn't have to worry about this Mr. Ms. Ms. Yeah. Mrs. Nonsense. Well, if you are a woman, then you are still second on the um, Mr. Mr. and Doctor. Still. Is that the etiquette? I wouldn't be employing that. I agree. Yes. Let's have a movement. Yeah, let's have, uh, have uh, equality. I don't know how you would achieve it. You just You'd put one on top of the other. Oh, God, how would you do that? <laughs> just write it over each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in computers I'm in the mainframe I'm in your headphones
we went out to Hamleys and talked to some of their staff and it was brilliant. It's lovely. I love Hamleys. I haven't been there for a while. Uh, now we're coming to the end of Great Marlborough Street uh, and on to Regent Street. Now we're going to head towards Hamleys, which is on the left, I think, down here. Hamleys, yes. uh, for anyone unfamiliar with it, is uh, a very large toy shop in the middle of London. I remember coming to Hamleys probably when we were about five or six and getting um, play, like trick playing cards and things like that. Oh, right. You get yeah. The classic like um, Hamleys little soldier um, was printed on the cards. Do you think we're going to get away with walking in carrying an MP3 recorder? Uh, we'll soon find out. Uh, thank you very much. We were, in, we were indeed welcomed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was no problem there. We should get a quote from some of the guys that just stand on boxes outside. What should we ask them? I don't know. These are the, these are the, um, the guys that were on the trick cards. Oh, right. it's me. Hey, Mark. We're meeting Mark. Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello. <laughs> so what can you tell us about William Hamley? William receiving? Hamley came from Bodmin in Cornwall. He created uh, Hamley's 250 years ago. He originally called his shop Noah's Ark. It was uh, 231 High Holborn. Uh, it's been in family-owned business ever since. He's had numerous different locations. We've been here forever in London, 250 years, quarter of a millennia. Wow. Yeah. Are you doing anything, Will Hamleys be doing anything special for the 250 yes, years? Yes, there are 250 kids invited to the party. It already happened, a bit like a Willy Wonka golden ticket thing. Oh, wow. So we have golden tickets and celebratory. In fact, in my hat, <gasps> I actually have two tickets. tickets, but already signed. Right to who they are so the golden tickets have gone out to, to people we have an amazing evening planned but unfortunately not point to tell people about because they can't come people are, <laughs> so you don't want us to get too excited don't about get that. too excited from there on in it's going to be marvellous also but our big night begins there and then for the whole rest of the year we get to celebrate brilliant and it is a big toy shop isn't it this must it's be one of the biggest seven toy floors. shops once upon a time was the largest uh, in physical space but we also have more floors than anyone else there's one in New York Toys R Us or whatever but it's just got a very large ground floor when you walk in yeah. it's huge but it's a big empty space in all honesty uh, we have more footage of toys stacked wow. and we are very well known very established yeah it's an amazing place yeah if you've never been to London you've never been to Hamley's uh, come to Regent Street and uh, you can't miss it 150 years young a toy shop at 188 to 196 Regent Street brilliant and what's your favourite sub brand of Lego at the moment uh, I was down there I looked at the I, I, Toy Story 3 is coming out this oh, year they're quite good aren't they and quite I looked cute. at the Toy Story ones down there and went oh those are cute I've got a little five year old girl and I pointed at it when I went and saw it last week and look like, oh, look what do you think and she was like yeah all right. There wasn't a pony in it that she liked, so it was like useless. <laughs> and I was pony, like, come on, come on, put a pony in there. Well, Mark, it's been very nice to meet you. Thank you very much. And you, nice man Cheers. walking down the street for no reason, looking cold also Cheers. like me. Thank you, I'm very cold. Thank you. Oh, that was very exciting. That was brilliant. He was, uh, oh. he was charming, wasn't he? I'm watching you, I'm I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do after this because <laughs> this is totally the money shot for for Dr. Alex you know what I mean it's like so you've been a tech journalist for 10 years you stopped halfway through and became you started studying the web um, and now we want you to present a BBC two documentary series about the internet the you know the social history of the web yeah 
go forth. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. This thing you're literally just finishing a PhD in and yeah. now, now you've done it. But. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, that was insane. And it's, it makes it even more amusing because 10 years ago when I did television and I hated it, like abhorred it and had to escape and run away because it freaked me out so much. Mm. Um, a friend of mine said to me, he's in TV, a friend of mine said to me, I can see you, Alex. This academia thing is a good idea because I can see you in 10 years' time doing some kind of landmark documentary series about I don't know the social history of the internet and I was like oh that's funny yeah that's funny okay you mentioned your previous career a few years ago in in TV quite a few years ago and I imagine (laughs) that many of our of our listeners will remember you yeah I'm Uh, turning red now (laughs) (laughs) and things like thumb bandits and bits How, how was that for you? Did you enjoy doing that at the time? You, you said earlier that oh, you were kind of pleased to get out of it. I was really pleased to get out of it. Um, at the time, it was brilliant. And in retrospect, it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my best mates is one of my, uh, my co-presenters from Bits, Emily Newton-Dunn. And she came down, I guess it was last summer or maybe a bit earlier, because our old producer, who I hadn't heard from in years sent a random email and said, I've got DVDs of bits. Oh, wow. Do you want to see him? We were both like, "Ah, not on our own. (laughs) Rather not do that by ourselves. So she came down for a weekend and and, uh, we sat and and sort of had our hands over our eyes. Watched old bits of Yeah, we watched the first episode and we're like, Jesus Christ, that's the worst thing we've ever seen on television. Thank God it was on really late at night. And then we watched like the last episode and it was so much better, so much like Swisher. Mm. And that was when we were really having a good time. That was when we were like spraying each other in fake blood and just (laughs) basically wreaking havoc in this crazy old haunted, I'm convinced it was haunted, hospital where we were filming because we always filmed in haunted hospitals. And uh, I'm really glad that it was part of my life. (laughs) Was was this like mid-90s or...? This was, yeah. It was 1998 or 1999, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, on Channel 4. Mm -hmm. It was a magazine program. This Mm -hmm. was Bits. It was three three girls, um, two Emilys and an Alex. Mm -hmm. Uh, We bounced around a lot and just dressed up like stupid. It was all about computer games, yeah. And um, we did lots of reenactments of computer games. My, my claim to fame in life, this is true, this is so true. My claim to fame in life is I, I'm obsessed with the TV series Spaced, mm. another Channel 4 comedy, well, they were a comedy series, a yeah. drama. We weren't, we, we thought we were, but we weren't. <laughs> we were a magazine review program. Yeah. Um, and it was written by Simon Pegg and Jessica Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And I remember once speaking with Simon Pegg, which was a highlight of my life anyway, because we were going to do some work together at one point. And he said... Yeah, I remember bits. Um, my character Tim in Spaced, that's his favourite programme and you're his favourite bits girl. Uh, Tim has a crush on Alex. Honestly, like, oh, I still trade on that to this day in my head. In my head. So yeah, it was, it was a good game too. Talking of people who have a crush on you, uh, in, in digging around and finding all these kind of old photos and clips oh, of you God. on bits and, and Thumbband as well, uh, I found a shrine. Yeah. You've seen the shrine to Alex? Yeah. Yeah, that's what made me want to go to Romania after bits. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. It's, I haven't seen it in a while. It's sort of flattering, but it's sort of creepy as well. It's, oh, <laughs> that's the video of me doing press-ups. This is I one of my favourite that. bits. That's, that's a good press-up video. Which is... Uh, 
I could do much better press-ups now. I was wondering why this particular clip from that episode got chosen, but I presume it's because there's, there's a it's, kind of cleavage yeah, shot. It's a that. pretty good cleavage shot. <laughs> oh, I think brilliant. it's the best cleavage shot in the entire series. Yeah, that was... Um, that's quite a good example of, of what bits was. Kind of See, this is the thing that freaks me out, is this word here, worship. worship. You, you have to click on that in order to, to get, get into, into the, the site. site. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you had it spelled Horrible, this horrible picture. The worst thing about this, right? So I went in, I'm like, I'm leaving television, I'm leaving the media, I'm not yep. doing this anymore. I'm going into academia where I'm going to be serious. Yeah. Right? The web. The web. The, the web does not go away. That's like a really horrible picture. <laughs> well, this website's from 2002, isn't it? It's like 10 yeah. years old. Yeah. yeah. So, Anthony Reid, if you're reading this, because hopefully you still obsessively yeah, Google for Alex and every, uh, every mention of you, I think, I think he might have been a, a sort of gentle stalker. I don't, I don't think he would have locked you in his car. He was really nice, actually. We did communicate did on several occasions. Yeah, did I did an interview, he did an interview with him and stuff. Yeah. Oh. So I did... I did uh, yeah, you're taking me back. <laughs> how did you get, I suppose, how did you get the TV job? Had you been living in England for long? Before well, I, yeah, job? I mean, I, I was living in Scotland. I was living in Glasgow at the time. It was a, 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 a British, a Scottish production company. Mm. Um, and I was, well, basically, I'd heard about, I was working at the BBC. Right. <laughs> I was making really, what I find really interesting Radio 4 documentary series about trees. I thought it was fascinating. I really did. But at the same time, I was, um, I was working uh, at my local art house cinema, the GFT, which is the best art house cinema in Britain. Thank you very much. Still, it's my favorite gig ever. And I'd heard from a friend who was at the BBC and who left that they were looking for TV presenters to present this wacky program about um, film. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll go along. And that ended up turning into something called Vids, which was also late night, also a similar commission. It was um, a Welsh guy named Nigel and a tall guy named Steph uh, with long hair. And um, that's what that became. But for some reason, they remembered me. I don't know why. <laughs> I think maybe I talked to them a bit like I'm doing now, blah, blah, blah. They remembered me and got in touch and said, don't suppose you play video games? And I went, yeah. I spent quite a bit of my youth playing the SNES and yeah. the NES. So I had played games and they brought me in and, and we did some mm -hmm. jumping around. Because Emily, Emily Newton-Dunn was the, she'd already been sort of signed and sealed. And so they, came, they brought me in to see what, whether we got on house on fire instantly. Brilliant. Like that. Clearly, you know, many years on, we're still really tight. Mm -hmm. I just saw her for lunch the day before yesterday. So, uh, yeah, so so that's how that happened, really. Excellent. Accident. Yeah. <laughs> right place, right time. The story of my life. <laughs> what was your thesis? My thesis. What was the thesis of your thesis? <laughs> how long do we have? Was it was it games related or was it um, no. internet related? Well, it's, or? So, it's a psychology PhD. So okay. I, I, it, it sort of in the top level is is how does information spread around the web? Ah. And I chose for my platform because it was a nice self-contained platform and it was small enough that I thought I would be able to map all of the social relationships in it second life. The reason I thought I could map all the relationships and actually literally sort of create a social network map of you know connections and who is connected with whom is because uh, at the time there were 6,000 people who were in second life. <laughs> 
and then they grew really big. <laughs> and suddenly my thoughts about drawing these amazing social network maps of the entirety of Second Life when they got to six million people was just right out the window. Um, so, so what I did was I, um, I followed the spread of uh, behavior. I looked at how attitudes clustered and I identified online indicators of close relationships, so trust and credibility, and looked at those elements. And I suppose the main findings that I got were, yes, it is possible to have friends that you've never met yeah. before be really close friends that influence you online and offline, because that's quite an important thing. Um, it is actually possible for that to happen. Surprise, surprise, you know. We've, we've heard about that and we've talked about it, but there really hasn't been much empirical mm -hmm. evidence. And there's a lot of people who say that you need to know people offline before you can actually be really good friends with them. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I found evidence to the contrary. Mm -hmm. um, I also found that online attitudes or your attitudes to things, um, people have what's called pluralistic ignorance, which is the idea that all of your friends think exactly like you do. Yeah. That happens a hell of a lot more online. So that's why you start to see extremism. You know, that's why you see things like um, fundamentalism bu bubbling up. Everybody thinks everybody else believes like them, and so you just kind of reinforce that idea. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then the last thing that I found, I was very pleased. For, for Virtual Revolution, I, I ended up interviewing Chris Anderson, who is the developer of a, an economic theory called the long tail, where mm -hmm. um, the idea is that you'll sell, um, you'll sell quite a lot of a product initially but then over the long term that's really where you're going to make your money because yeah. it's just like a perpetuating people will pick up on it and it'll just happen over time I found evidence for that but also nuances as to why that happens psychologically mm. interesting. Uh, interesting and where do you stand on the on the long tail at the moment because it's a, a theory that's sometimes challenged and it seems to be the, the popular thing to do to try and knock Chris Anderson and, and knock the long tail well there's no empirical evidence that it actually works mm. um, what I found was that you know, it's especially online, you've got peaks that happen, you know, especially online, you've got a whole load of people for services, right, for interactive services. You've got loads and loads and loads of people who go, who jump on early adopters, and then it just falls off, you know, and it's not then that that, that sort of toddles along and peters along. What happens then is you've got all these little spikes that happen again, you've got other communities who find that, you've got, you know, say, say a practice isn't particularly socially acceptable, right? You'll get a whole bunch of people jumping on board initially because maybe they're part of that community that it's acceptable for or maybe they're just simply early adopters or whatever. But then it'll peter out because people will be like, well, I don't want my mates to know that I do that. Oh my God, that's really embarrassing. But then over time, it'll sort of become more normative. People will, especially online, people will start to believe that their friends believe what they believe. And then, well, lo and behold, everybody's... I don't know, having sex in Second Life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these things, these things happen. Not to me, mind, I was just observing, I was not participating, but you know what I mean? These, these types of things, these types of things happen. So, I, um, I think that, you know, he has a point. You've just demonstrated that stuff doesn't die online, no matter how much we wish it would. Um, no matter how much the French say that they're going to create a, you know, that's it, a life, a, a shelf life of data, and then after that it'll disappear. It doesn't die, so eventually it is likely that over time your product or whatever will sell more, but probably because your community will discover it, not necessarily through any other means. Interesting. 
obviously. <laughs> so that well, was, it took five years. I, yeah, I was going to say, five years of your life. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your view of your yeah. <laughs> One One word summary. <laughs> Dave Green with us again this week. Uh, he's he's going to review last decade and what happened with chocolate, and he's got an award for the the most innovative chocolate, the wrongest, the wrongest chocolate innovation. Nestle, ne- Nestle had a period, I think, in the kind of um, mid two thousands, they just did a whole load of Kit Kats. You probably remember the the, the Kit Kat, okay, the, the Kit Kat, mint Kit Kat, and the, the mint orange Kit Kat, Kit Kat orange cube, yeah, orange yeah. cubes, cappuccino yeah. cubes. I remember the cubes? Yeah. Oh, oh, they're oh, that's, that, and people, people in France would have found these little Kit Kat balls that um, were exactly, you know, like the cubes, but round. How's that possible with a Kit Kat? It's not going to work, is it? Balls <laughs> <laughs> of Kit Kat. With little, bis- little, little round biscuits on the other. They had a white lemon and yoghurt Kit Kat, which has encouraged me, people who thought that Kit Kat, Kit Kat wasn't sufficiently refreshing enough in the summer. <laughs> and, and at the height of Atkins, of course, in the mid-2000s, there was, there was Kit Kat low-carb. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say beefy Kit Kat. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although there was a, like uh, there's, a, there's a green tea Kit Kat from Japan. Oh, yes, thing, yeah. They also introduced um, the, the the peanut butter chunky in 2006 mm, that, that nice. has recently been axed. Much really? much, much the uh, anguish of passion. We'll see a Facebook campaign uh, to bring that back. The other thing people like some people remember some people ne- ne- Nestle Nestle came up with this whole new kind of chocolate called Nestle Double Chocolate, and um, blank looks there and it, I mean, they did a white one with berries in it. Disappeared without a trace. So you see, even even the big boys mess up sometimes. <laughs> um, you're probably asking, but what of Mars? I was wondering that. <laughs> what about Mars and Masterpiece? I hear you cry. <laughs> We've touched on Cadbury's and Nestle. What about fries? What are their innovations? Fries are owned by Cadbury's. Get over it. Anyway. Um, Mars also Mars also had a race called Galaxy Promises that uh, where it doesn't you don't see around too so, so much and they they came up with this uh, a product co- initially called the Twix Top that was a kind of Twix without a lid on it oh. it was a kind of biscuit and then a That's kind unsettling. of unsettling <laughs> <laughs> well, they, and they called it the Twix Top because they left the top off yeah yeah um, but yeah it was kind of the top of a Twix oh it wasn't the biscuit oh, it was the caramel and the chocolate. Um, they can sell them separately and make twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> build your own twins. Yeah. <laughs> they unsuccessfully diversified that into the bisque and M&Ms and uh, all kinds of things. Yeah, Mar- Mars Delight still, uh, still seems to be going all right. Mm. Mars Planets, which is basically mm. little bits of Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well. In spherical form. In spherical form. In a bag. I'm going to give Mars the prize. Um, like, uh, I think the... What is the prize? <laughs> <laughs> is it a Mars prize? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a real prize. I think the when you when you look into in, you look in terms of overall product diversification yes. over, over like over the decade, you know clearly that like uh, Mavitis tries to do a lot with the Jaffa cake and the penguin, mm. never mm. hugely successful. Um, Terry's chocolate orange, it's everywhere. Yeah. Now there's there's, there's almost there's nothing you can make you can't make out of Terry's chocolate orange apparently, <laughs> and like and uh, as, uh, as I think we've said, there's even a minty one that thank goodness mm. doesn't taste orange, but. The um the prize I was going to offer to Mars mm. uh, for perhaps for easily the maddest and potentially most disturbing product I think of the entire ten years that was <laughs> launched on a on a major commercial scale in the UK yeah. is they had a, they had a Harry Potter license and um they 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 came up with a lot of weird Harry Potter products right. but the weirdest was the uh, the Harry Potter dragon egg. Oh 
Okay. And again, you, you've often probably thought this when you're eating an egg, <laughs> you're eating a cream egg, you're going, oh, thank goodness this is unfertilised. Thank <laughs> goodness. <laughs> Heavens, there's no fetus of a dragon in here. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> to their credit, that Mars had seen this through with the Harry Potter dragon egg, and it actually had a jelly dragon inside. Oh. So you're eating it, there'd be kind of chocolate inside, and you're going, <laughs> there's chewy boogie in here. And I don't know what kind of thrill that they, that they thought people would get. Out. And again, it's and it's a strange thing. It's like it was like eating a eating a chocolate egg, and then discovering out a jelly baby inside, a fruity jelly baby. And by that point, of course, you don't care whether it's a dragon or not, yes. whether it's really bitten it enough, whether on ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny or whatever it is. You and it's plus it's a baby dragon. Who knows? Who knows what they look like? Uh, so. <laughs> Well done, well done to Mark. That, that's the kind of imagination I'd like to see people yeah. wheeling out at, at, at future Easters. Dave, thank you for uh, coming this, this week with your review of, of uh, Last Decade and its chocolatey goodness. Uh, and we'll thank see you, you again it's soon. A, it's a pleasure. What kind of games really excite you, I suppose? Are you, are you interested in things that shooting things me. or like well, adventures or puzzles or it depends on what you're shooting like there was this one beautiful game oh, it's called Unfinished Swan and it's a white you start out you have no idea what's going on you don't even realise that, that you're starting the game you push a button and you shoot something black like yeah. a like splat as though it's a paintball gun like, yeah. Kind of and you yeah. played this as well it's beautiful yeah. Yeah. it's stunning yeah. and so you're shooting that but instead of shooting people or shooting anything you're shooting the world as you shoot the you world make... you make it come uh-huh. you, you discover that there's a room over here and yeah. so you go into that room so it's more exploration well, that, there's, there's an edge that must be a door yeah, yeah. let's walk closer to it and, and unlimited uh, paint so you can just keep firing right. and find your way around yeah. so yeah if it's, a, if it's a game at all it's, it's a game of exploration and maze-solving discovery, in which mm. it's very difficult because you start with a completely, yeah. uh, you know, blank canvas or one colour. And I think as it progresses, maybe the colours flip, and it's you know, there's there's a bit of variety to it, but it's beautiful and re- really quite innovative and quite different. Absolutely stunning, stunning. And it's called un- unfinished swan. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, name, I don't yeah. know how I remember that, but I odd. did. But yeah, things like that, you know, where you're playing with the game mechanics, mm. because we've. Games have become very, very formulaic. And I don't know if that's because the people who are making the games are the people who grew up with the games, which I think is really depressing. You know, I want to see what a game that's made by a, I don't know, a literature student would make. I want to see what a game that's made by a cosmonaut would make. I want to see what a game made by, you know, somebody who's never played a game before, what they think a game is, and then see how that would translate into something that would be truly amazing. So how do we find your, your Guardian podcast? Guardian.co.uk slash techweekly. Okay. That easy. Fantastic. Straight in. Um, I've got a site, which is the difficult to, um, <laughs> the difficult to spell alexkratowski.com. But Jesus, if I try and buy all of the alternate URLs, I'm going to be broke. <laughs> Seriously broke. Various ways that people might spell your surname. Absolutely. And first name. And actually, first name, exactly. K-S. So it's A-L-E-K-S. K-R-O-T-O-S-K-I dot com. Um, where, where's that name from? Because we want Polish. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. The whole damn thing's Polish. My parents are Polish. I'm Polish. I just have this funny accent. Um, yeah. So there's that, and I tweet incessantly. Hey, hey, 
Dr. Alex Krutowski, thank you ever so much for making the time to come and join us tonight. Thank you. Listeners, join us next week. We'll be back for another weekly instalment of fun, frolics, frivolity and festive snacks. <laughs> Actually, the snacks for last year. Yeah, join us next week for more, more of this sort of thing. You should also go to shiftrunstop.co.uk where you can see all the bits that you don't get on the podcast. And um, at Shift Fun Stop, we are on Twitter as well. And if you got your competition prize this week and you haven't taken a photo of it yet, then, you know, do that and we'd love to see them in We'd love to see them in use, yeah, because yeah. they're all things you can use or make. So um... <laughs> Not every listener got a prize. <laughs> Just those of you who know you got a prize. Excellent. Thanks very much, Alex. Awesome. We'll say goodbye. 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 Yeah.